Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Hey, Howard in the house. What's up, Q? What's shaking? Happy Valentine's Day. As to you. How about that? How about that? Happy Valentine's Day. We did a podcast episode that will actually air in a couple of days that we're talking about what we were going to do on Valentine's Day. So do you have any plans on Valentine's Day, Allie? Um, I usually don't, as you could probably no, expect. No love but in your... No, I know this is going to be... Whatever, you're going to probably get mad uh-oh. at me. But no, no love plug. in your life at this moment. Do we want to dissect that on the podcast? Why not? No love in my life. If you're an eligible bachelor looking... No, I'm just kidding. You said it, honey. <laughs> I love it. You were going there, though. Hey, listen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Love Connection. You you get... I mean, A. Howard, smart, energetic, oh, funny. It's easier than ever to get a date, but no one seems to be making a love connection. Allie, that's all about to change. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, last blushing? Valentine's Day, I am blushing. Oh, my. Um, the gym does something fun. Classic, right? I'm the just going to go to the gym on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, the gym or gym? What did you say? Gym. The okay. gym. I was like, the jam? You, what is that? You know, the jam. The jam. Um, they last time did, I think the goal was to try to get couples to come. But what ended up happening was like an impromptu single mixer. Oh. Ah. But they set, so normally when you boulder, you have like a starting point and ending point. And yeah, let's you just classify. Use the when you talk about the gym, you're not talking about like LA fitness. You're talking about no, a climbing gym. A climbing also gym. Also a climber. Any climbers out yes, there? Yes, I'll be there. Okay. Um, so they set partner climbs, mm. which is hilarious. And basically they make it where the holds are far enough apart that you have to use each other as holds. So you're like... Like, they set one last year, my climbing buddy and I did, and you basically just, one person has, like, two little baby holds at the beginning and two at the end, and you just had to get on the other person's back, and then they wow. climbed the whole thing, and then at the very end, you're like, there we go, and you just tink. That's intense. So that was fun. Sometimes you're like, they set one not long ago where you go, like, back to back, and you basically can't use your hands because the holds are really slippery, and so you're just, like, full lean like basically horizontal mm-hmm. climbing up this thing. Anyway, it's always very fun and they don't set a lot of them through the year. So I always go and try to get somebody who is also single to go with me. I love it. In the climbing community and we tackle the partner climbs. Boom. And I see almost zero couples, which is also kind of fun. Yeah. They're all out eating. They are. Yeah, it's a big eat out night for sure. I don't we it's Wednesday. Uh we'll have you know, swim practices and I mean, you name it. So ours will be trying to find, uh, you know, an opportunity to get together, have some dinner, et cetera. And again, you know, we'll see what happens. One of my friends last year, they went to White Castle. Apparently White Castle does it big. Nice. You have to make reservations and they get the white tablecloth. Are you serious? Thing. Yeah. Waffle House also does it. That's so my hysterical. roommate and I went one year in college, which was that. fun. That's but, fantastic. Yeah. I wonder if my wife would go over if I said, "Hey, we're going to go to White Castle." You got to make a reservation. She probably wouldn't. I bet they're open now. You should get you should get a reservation that and see what happens. Interesting. I probably will not. <laughs> You'd be sleeping I out love, in the love the, the doghouse. <laughs> what else is going on? Haven't chatted with you in a long time. Oh, not a lot. I think January was so busy. Very. I feel like normally people just like lay in their house and pout by the fire, but this January I feel like I've been ripping and running. I don't know what it is. 
but people are fired up. Well, and February for me always tends to go very quick. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's shorter days, uh, but then I always feel like we roll into March Madness, and inevitably in Kentucky, there's going to be some 70-degree days in March. So I feel like if I can get through these 28 days yeah. of this miserable cold, and you know, I'm already noticing that it's getting lighter in the mornings. I was up, you know, this morning after a run, and I went outside, and and it was I couldn't. There was no stars. Normally, I love to look at the stars mm-hmm. after a run. Sit in my hot tub. Oh, it's glorious. After a run, when it's after still dark, oh, that's so painful for me. It's amazing. Ooh. Like why you make really painful? That's. You, it's still dark. You've been long enough. You've been up long enough to run, and you run like a pretty decent yeah, distance. Yeah. And then you get home, and it's still dark. And you're in a hot tub. You shouldn't be up that long. Uh, it's early. It's winter. It's not always oh, like that. But anyways, it's getting lighter. Hear. You can't see the stars. Anyways, whatever. But I really like. I, we're. I feel like we're over the hump. I feel like we're getting over the hump. And I feel like any cold snap that we have will not last long. Like uh, like February, like now people in the Northeast are all our Minnesotians, mm-hmm. Minnesotians, Minnesotians, yeah, Minnesotans, Minnesotans, Minnesotans. all those folks up there. Ugh, sorry, you got a while, you got a while. I can't I used wait. To hate that. This week it's supposed to be like fifty every day. I know. Love I'm thinking it. about bringing back the mid afternoon little jaunt around mm. town. It's fun. Okay, uh, let's go to our question because we got a good one to dissect today from Willie. What do you got? DIY. Hey guys, Willie from Minnesota. Um, Question about leaving profits in the business. I've read in a couple different uh, entrepreneurial articles and then I've also seen on Shark Tank where they'll tell people to kind of leave money in the business and not pay themselves. My fiance and I both have jobs. Uh, We're looking to start some e-commerce business with um, some cash that we have. And I was wondering what the tax implications are of not paying ourselves and how long it kind of generally makes sense to run a business before you start paying yourself. Thanks, guys. Okay, Willie. Great question. I'm going to uh, approach this from a couple of different angles. I'll be very interested to hear what the CPA has to say. So first, uh, glad to hear you're venturing out. You know, you got some jobs, but you're looking at some side hustles and so forth. The first thing I'm going to say is you are projecting an early profit. Uh, Leaving, quote, money in the business means you are profitable. So if you are able to be profitable very quickly, that is a phenomenal problem to have. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to, you know, if you've run the numbers, you have a strategy, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and you're like, this is going to be profit pretty quickly, then bravo. If, however, it's more about, well, this is the the money that we're bringing in and we're going to turn around and buy more inventory and we've got to turn the inventory into sales and so forth, and that's just called working capital. So that's not leaving money in the business. That's working capital in order to continue to expand the business. Now, traditional small business iteration in my uh, history or my experience and personal and uh, uh, optically watching and anecdotal evidence, watching others, is small business starts and for the first three years, you don't make any money. Like you struggle. You might be able to pay some bills or you might, unless you, and I've talked about this before, unless you're in an existing business and you leave and you have such credibility and you have such sort of skilled enterprise that people come with you and you're in business immediately. And then, you know, then that's a different set of challenges. But 
initially, you're going to just be trying to figure it out. And you're going to be, you know, maybe not making a lot of money, slugging along, etc. It usually, and again, it's just anecdotal, but it's about a three-year window until somebody starts making profits. Now, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and I will say it's very, very important Regardless whether you're setting up a side hustle or a legitimate full-time business for you and your spouse or just you, you've got to start developing a team. So I think wise tax guidance is very important. We'll speak in the generality terms here, but finding a tax advisor, finding a CPA, making sure the business is set up appropriately, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is wise. Okay, fast forward. You're now making profit. And again, if you and I were sitting at a table, I would say, listen, Willie, Let's not worry about what to do with the profit until you make profit. And I, I wouldn't try to pour salt or try to, you know, in, to diminish your enthusiasm. I would just be like, just make, figure out how to make money first. And then we can talk about that. So don't get the, you know, don't get the cart before the horse with a lot of these questions of, well, what do we do with the money we're going to make? Do we pay ourselves? Do we not? Figure out how to make money first. Like, those are good problems to have. Okay. Fast forward, you're making money. Well, the money you make as profit is going to be taxed. Now, I'll let Allie talk about the particulars of that tax, but it is going to be taxed. Whether you take that money out or you leave it in, you're going to owe tax on that money. Now, again, there's a variety of ways in which you're going to owe money on that tax, but you're going to owe money, you're going to owe tax on that money. So you're going to pay the government for that money. Okay. Now, I meet a lot of people over the years who have developed a small business and they have this idea that they just don't ever want to pay taxes. And so anytime they're about to show a profit, they buy some piece of equipment or they buy an automobile or they buy this. And they're like, well, forget the government. I'm going to just do this. And I go to myself, when are you going to use the business to actually extract some value for you to make money? Like, like, are you just going to keep buying equipment? And like, and that never dawns on them. Like they never like. What do you mean? I'm like, well, stop worrying about the tax. Pay the taxes and then take the money and use it. It's like you've been working so hard and now you have four tractors to prove for it. Right. (laughs) So one of the easy ways, first and foremost, is assuming you've set aside the money. It's like a business is like a personal thing. We try to actually share with people that they need to actually operate a business or operate like a business. So you do need an emergency fund. You need to have capital on the sidelines to pay your bills in the event sales go slow, etc. But maybe you're a buy inventory and sell inventory. So you just need working capital to buy the next round of inventory. You're not going to have employees, etc. Okay. So Let's say you've got the capital, you're profiting, et cetera. You're able to keep your working capital going to buy more, et cetera. Now you are paying tax on that profit. One of the easiest ways is to start pay, possibly, depending on how you're set up, paying yourself as an employee. So you're extracting money, possibly saving some taxes by paying yourself as an employee. Let's say you're doing all that, okay? This is my iteration. I was doing all of that. I was building a business. I was finally profitable, I was paying myself, and I was letting that capital base grow. Now, I see this a lot. I was, I, I honestly, thinking back, don't know, I was not a capital-intensive business. I don't know why I was letting it build up, but I was so nervous about taking it out. I knew it was, I paid tax on it. It's tax-free. I mean, it's not tax-free. I paid tax on it, but I don't have to pay tax on it again. And I'm talking to a buddy once. And I'm telling him, and he says, well, what do you have in the business? And I told him, I said, well, in the business bank account, we have X, because he was like, 
as I was talking to him about personal stuff, and he was kind of a mentor, and he was a very successful business person, and he goes, I don't understand why you're not, why you don't have more in your investment accounts or your personal, and I was like, well, in my business, I have this, and he goes, why? And I'm like, well, because, I mean, I just, it needs to stay in the business. He's like, Quint, what's the business for? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, that business is built, and you work that business to provide for Brandy, it's my wife. Hi, Brandy. Joshua, Andrew, Aaron. Well, hey, fellas. What you're doing in your life. He's like, you've already paid. That money's just sitting there. I mean, you can leave some in if you're concerned about a rainy day, but you need to take most of that out. Like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, really? And I never forget. Like, I went to Daniel. I was like, hey, I'm going to. I was like skittish. I was like, hey, I'm going to take, you know, a good chunk of this out, you know, to. He goes, okay. I mean, it's like I didn't need his permission, you know. He's but he's my business partner. I feel right. like, and I, he's like, yeah, okay. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like wait a second, the business is profitable. I should be using this money, and I did. So that's my thoughts. That's my personal experience. What say you, Allie? I've had about three Red Bulls in the last fifteen minutes, and I feel fatness. I think that's pretty common. Like, there's almost a fear to taking it because there's always, and we get this question a lot, which is why we picked it from our clients is like, okay, I need to pay my, myself a salary, I think. How much? How do I do it? And I think there's this fear of like, well, what if I take out too much? Then what happens? And so a lot of times I think that's really common. People just leave it in the business and they think like this business will just exist on its own and maybe one day I'll sell it and then I'll have some profits and then it will be great. Um, To get into the weeds just a little bit. Now, I'm not going to touch on all of the specifics of the taxes to this. And I think you kind of started with this. But if you're in a place where you have a business, it's making enough money to consistently show a profit, I think it's time to make sure you have a CPA on your team. Because depending on the nature of the business, if it's something that you were mentioning, if you need a lot of inventory, maybe you need to leave more in the business than if it's just a sales thing and it's kind of a one and done situation or it's a service or something like that. So I'm not going to get too far in the weeds on, well, what's the dollar amount that this makes sense? If you're getting to the point where you're consistently making a profit, try to talk to somebody and sit down with a CPA and say, these are my numbers. This is my business. What makes sense for the structure? What makes sense for the pay? To give you a little bit of just generalized guidance, the answer to should I be or am I required to take a salary is going to be dependent on the structure of the business. So if you're still taxing this as a Schedule C, meaning it's a sole proprietorship or it's an LLC, but you haven't made an S election, and if that doesn't sound familiar to you, then you probably haven't, then you're not required to take a salary. So I think this is where you go back to Quint's answer of, well, does it make sense to leave this in the business? Do I need some excess cash in case times get tough? Do I have outstanding loans in the business? Something like that. Do I need this money to purchase more inventory? That's more the determining factor of when do I leave it in versus when do I, what Quint was referring to, take it as a owner draw. There's no tax consequence to that. Essentially, you've already paid taxes on that income as you earned it, so you can take it out whenever you want. The other option for structure would be an S-Corp most of the time. In that case, you're going to get really into the weeds, and I'm not even going to try to cover this, but you are required to take a salary, in fact, and that 
answer as to how much is something a CPA is going to have to help you figure out because it's super gray area and just truthfully not worth covering on this podcast. We can dissect it in a future podcast. Um, so that's kind of the, the tax answer. I hate kind of bunting and saying it depends on the business. You should talk to someone. But I think that truly is the right answer here, especially when you're self-employed. We talk about it a lot, but there are a ton of different tax strategies or just retirement strategies that people may not be aware of that are super important. So if you're getting to the point where you are self-employed, make sure you have good people on your team, whether that's a financial planner, a tax planner, a CPA, people in your corner looking at all of these different things as they come together in the plan. The last thing, I know this one's running a little long, that I was going to mention, which this is just food for thought, and Quint, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I was kind of reading about this, just what's a good practice for self-employment of when to take it. And I read an article that was talking about kind of setting a precedent at the beginning and saying, whatever I make, this percent, I think it gave 50 as an example, is going to be for salary, which you can see salary there in quotes. 20% is going to be savings for the business. And then 30% I'm going to set aside for taxes what is your thoughts on using that as a rule of thumb and then as the business scales, so will your salary naturally or doing kind of a percent approach? So I might think of this a little bit unconventional, but I took a modest salary in the beginning when I could mm-hmm. um, just to reduce some of the self-employment tax. I'm not, to probably to my detriment, I'm not one who pushes tax limits. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't push those limits. Never have. So I took a modest salary that percentage-wise probably looked, as far as overall profits, like high as a percentage, right. but modest. Um, as the profits grew, I probably grew the salary a little bit, but not. I don't. I don't recall. But here was my goal. I wanted to get a salary um, up to the max Social Security contribution limits uh, because I wanted max Social Security. Now, mm-hmm. probably a lot of people listening to this may roll their eyes and they're like, well, that it's probably not even going to be there. Like, right. why'd you yeah, do that? Great. I'll, I'll pay but myself I just felt like that was I'm getting the max amount towards my Social Security credits. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting... I'm paying taxes on W two income, and then anything else is profit, and you know so forth. So that's how I did it. I I don't okay. I don't know. I mean, looking back, I don't remember if there was a rhyme to that reason or or just that's what I did. I yeah. don't recall because the article also talked about a little bit of the psychology in it too of overcoming that barrier of just giving yourself permission, or in your case, you were joking about getting Daniel's permission or whatever. Fighting words to take any money out at all for salary. So I thought that was an interesting approach. And if you're really struggling, maybe that's a place that you could start in thinking through it. But I can't stress it. The, the, the summation of what I want to share, and again, your, your insight into the tax side, extremely valuable and having a tax advisor, et cetera. But if I were to summarize for someone, your business is there to provide benefits for your life. Mm-hmm. It's not a job. If you're building a business, it's a job as you go to work, you take your W-2 income and you come back the next day. If you're building a business, those resources are there for you. If you choose to take those resources and reinvest in the business for growth, that's one thing. But if you just leave them in there because, I don't think that's prudent. 
mm-hmm. personally speaking. I think it can be go, it can go, it can be taken out, it can be allocated and invested accordingly. And if you desire down the road, well, there's an opportunity to buy a building or there's an opportunity to do something, then use those resources. That's what I did. I like it. Perfectly fine. Great question. Hey, we wish you the best. I mean, it sounds like you're just getting this thing started. It's off the ground. So we wish you the best of luck. Go out there and crush it. Give us an update. Tell us how it's going in the future and send us another question. So all Willie did was sent us an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We answered it, so we'll give them a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.